The Phoenix Suns escape Minnesota with a win. Everybody on the basketball court gets a technical foul. We'll break down this game and what this matchup could look like in a potential first-round series on today's episode of Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, contributor at suns.com and Dime Magazine, and a credentialed reporter covering this Suns team for the past five years. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. You can find us on every podcast platform, and you can help us grow our YouTube channel little by little as we make our way toward the playoffs. If you have not already, scroll down just a bit, hit that subscribe button, do us a big favor, and you can also follow us at LockedOnPHXSuns on Twitter to keep up every day. Again, 125 to 116 is the final score. Definitely does not tell the full story of how crazy this game was. Aaron Edwards is here as he is every week. We're on our, our second recap show here, Aaron, and as you know, we start with our big takeaway. It's hard to feel like there's anything else to hit on when it comes to uh, the biggest thing on Suns fans' minds right now, except for the referees, which is the story for yet another game. We just got this in Sacramento, now again in Minnesota. What is the deal here, man? Yeah, you said it with the first part. Sacramento was getting better calls than us, and that just doesn't seem right when it comes to just like teams that are aggressive, and we like are one of the top 10 teams in points in the paint, and we still shoot in the bottom bottom third of free throws so that just like that just doesn't match in general and it just seems like we just can't get those calls no matter how aggressive we are at trying to get to the basket and it seemed like we were trying a lot in the second half to just be aggressive and get to the rim we still weren't really getting the calls so it just I don't get it like it's one of those bizarre things that's been happening the last two years now yeah DeAndre Ayton Ejected from this game, Jay Crowder and Carl Anthony Towns got into it. We had a, a weird foul that wasn't even on camera uh, from Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, a technical foul from him that initially people thought was Anthony Edwards. Eight total and Aiden, technicals. Yeah, and what? Aiden wasn't even ejected. Like it was just weird. Like yeah. I guess he he technically got a technical earlier from a double tech with Pat Beverly, but then they took it off and the other one didn't count. Like it was just bizarre yeah, all around. <laughs> I literally forgot. I made a mental note of that and uh, did not. I, I'm trying to add up in my head is what's happening where these eight technical fouls, because I'm looking at the box score and it says eight and I don't know where they came from. Um, am I forgetting a big one? Um, I think the T-Wolves coach got one. <laughs> yes. Chris Finch, the guy who was uh, hired while he was still employed elsewhere to replace the current coach that nobody really remembers. Um, no, he's he's done a hell of a job. We'll talk about the matchup stuff later, but uh, obviously that was the story of this game. 51 combined free throws, 41 combined personal fouls. Um, what did you make of that Crowder-Towns thing, though? Because I've seen, like, I'll give the optimistic, like, Wolves fan perspective yeah. on it and then we can rip that to shreds probably but there has been this element of like when you read stuff from minnesota or you see wolves reporters or wolves fans on twitter that are like cat is such a leader this year like he's really taking that on like 
for the first time ever. Like he's a guy you can really tell like wants to be the example for his teammates, blah, blah, blah. So I guess like that's what you would say was happening there is like he's trying to set that precedent of like I'm not afraid of this team. We might face him in the playoffs. Like I'm I'm friends with Book, but like none of that matters and and we're in their heads cuz he's sitting there laughing and pointing at his yeah. head and whatever. <laughs> but I tweeted right away. I'm like come on, like act like you've accomplished anything. Like just humble yourself a little bit. Like there is that fine line where it's like he has to set that he can't be sitting there like, oh man, Jay Crowder came at me and he's been in the finals two times in a row. I got to back down. <laughs> but it's also like, chill out. It's the second quarter and you, like, this was a stupid call anyway. Nobody should have gotten a tech in that situation. You're not in anybody's head. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think? Is Cat is Cat just being a clown or did he actually set some sort of precedent with that? I think having Pat Bev around like makes you think getting into somebody's head is just like a part of basketball. And like minorly it is, but not when it's a team this good. I just think he was mostly just trying to hype himself up and he's just kind of annoying in that way. Like you can kind of see some of the Jimmy Butler stuff with him sometimes and why they disagreed. But I really just think he's trying to hype himself up. Any specific up reason why you're bringing uh, Jimmy Butler's craziness up tonight? Is, the, is there anything going on that might have spurred you to think about that? Uh, nothing at all. <laughs> I'm hearing he culture is still as strong as ever. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that I don't talk for a living about uh, the Heat or the Warriors. Actually, the Warriors show, I mean, Locked on Warriors, like that'll be a, a complete... <laughs> Half, beautiful half an hour of programming if you guys want to go check that i'm sure they will laugh completely at, at butler and not only butler and haslam but butler and eric spolster getting in a fight but that's neither here nor there apparently it was a a rowdy night in the nba i think everybody's regu- ready for the end of the regular season but beverly is the other guy we have to hit on just in terms of the chaos of this game again we will break down more of like the on court or like game plan side of what this matchup would look like but let me be the absolute first person to say I have no interest if I'm the Suns in dealing with that for another six games seven games five games whatever he single-handedly prevented Chris Paul from being able to dribble in the finals last year and he broke Devin Booker's face he did his damnedest to do something similar again tonight I don't know if it's worse when it's the Suns or if it's just that those are the nights when I pay the most attention to what Patrick Beverly is doing but that man is trying to hurt people and uh, I don't I don't want to start the playoffs out with that at all yeah I think like especially with the way Chris Paul and Pat Bev closed out with each other I just think like that energy is just going to carry over like the dislike is going to carry over and just the way they play against each other is going to carry over and I just like I think like we're probably going to talk about this later, but I don't think it's even close. And I think we'll get them out of the way fairly quickly. But I just don't want to deal with what comes with it. Like anything that comes with it, I just don't want to deal with, even if I think like we'll handle them pretty easily. That's exactly how I feel. I have done a segment in the past when I'm doing these recap shows where I say uh, fun but easy as in like what the matchup is and it's a little bit cocky and it's a little bit like (laughs) Suns fan, whatever, but it is very much that way with this team where I'm like, and it feels, it feels so like, uh, 
like I, I, I'm acting like I was just accusing Carl Anthony Towns of acting like kind of, I'm not acting like I've been there before because I'm already <laughs> on to the like, what would be kind of fun to watch in the first round? Like I'm just, there's such a confidence <laughs> that it like, who even cares who they play? Let's just like entertain ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. With, like, oh, that would be an interesting couple of guys to watch for two weeks. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and that's kind of how I think of this team. We'll get to the, we'll get to that. But um, yes, the, the free throws and the, technical fouls and then the, the oh there was also the weird flagrant foul that cat got called for when he yeah. kind of he looked like he kind of elbowed landry shamit but it was not that egregious that's going to be what people are talking about out of this game but there was also two incredible performances by the suns including one that was fueled by a ton of free throws from the two star players for this team devin booker deandre ayton so we'll hit that in just a second but guys there's nothing worse really on this planet than uh, especially this day and age with how many apps and subscriptions we have when those things renew without your permission. Truebill is hoping to take control of your subscriptions and save you money. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for those subscriptions that you don't need, want, or maybe you don't even remember signing up for. People save on average up to $720 per year when they use Truebill. You know those can stack up $20 a month here 15 there times 12 it it obviously piles up and companies love to make it difficult you know they don't remind you that a charge is about to go through they don't even always let you know that you actually signed up they don't let you know when the free trial becomes the paid subscription or any of that but your true bill concierge is there when you need it to cancel the unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to Truebill has over 2 million users who have saved a combined 100 plus million dollars don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on nba go right now that's truebill.com slash locked on nba it could save you thousands per year today's show also brought to you by our newest sponsor our favorite new sponsor nba top shot the officially licensed nft of the nba connect with the community of hundreds of thousands of nba fans as a natural progression of fantasy sports and a way to upgrade your NBA experience. If you are somebody who loves NBA Twitter, you love to be online, maybe you love the NBA subreddit, or you just love going on YouTube and watching the highlights, well, Top Shot is a way to turn that into something you can actually own, you can actually trade, and it's fun. Aaron, what play from tonight's game would you want to own as a moment from NBA Top Shot tonight? Would it be Booker dunking at the end. I feel like that has to be the obvious one. Yeah, it's definitely Booker's dunk at the end. It was pretty much just the emphasis on the end of the game and how annoyed you can even tell he was from it. <laughs> I loved how Chris was kind of pumping him up, but also halfway making fun of him for getting so excited about it. Like he was kind of <laughs> smirking at him, like kind of like settle down. It's the wolves, but that would be the play. Absolutely. That moment or anything in between down to potentially, look, maybe you're a big Landry Shamit guy. He made three threes tonight. There's never a moment too small, never a moment too big. And if you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way is by getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull an NFT of a superstar like LeBron, KD, or Book, or star rookies like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley for as low as $9. And if you didn't pull your favorite player from the starter pack, you can head to the marketplace and start to shop through moments that appeal to you. Top Shot also has NFT rewards, exclusive moments, and daily fantasy sports-like challenges 
to gamify your experience as well. Just go peruse it, guys. If you have not checked it out, there's something for everybody, and it's easy to get started. Top Shots Moments get you access to events if you win by the end of the season, so you should start now. That's NBA Top Shot, the greatest new sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Aaron, 35 points, a career high for DeAndre Ayton, 14 rebounds, 15 of 24 from the field. We also had 28 points and 7 assists for Devin Booker, who, as I mentioned, heading into the break there, had 16 free throw attempts, which I feel like has to be a season high. I don't know for sure. Where do you want to start? Which guy impressed you? What part of their game is sticking with you? I'll give you the floor. Um, I think just how Aiton's been playing just during this stretch. He's been unstoppable on the inside. He still left a couple out there, honestly. <laughs> he probably could have had even more. And I just think, like, he's just kind of in a real zone right now. And, like, I would probably want him to have, like, more playmaking out of the post. But right now, like, he's just getting his shot whenever he wants it. And he's just hitting it at, like, such a amazing clip that this is probably, like, the best stretch I've seen from him, like, mid-season or in-season wise because he did pick it up toward the end of last year but this is like on a whole other level of like what he was able to do he's more confident with the ball in his hands he's more confident shooting it he you can tell he feels like he's one of the top players on our team now and he's not deferring yeah. to booker or like i know cp3 is out but like not deferring and kind of just sitting back and letting them do their thing he's kind of taking control and you can tell he wants the ball and that's just going to be a big thing in the playoffs yeah like you said he the point you made about him feeling and sort of knowing that he not only is like a big part of the team, but like that his aggressiveness can be the reason they win. Like, I feel like last year, so much of what we talked about with him was sacrifice and fitting in and like trying to build up the chemistry with Chris Paul. And that was a lot of the focus. And that was a lot of what we ended up talking about when it came to the contract is like, well, you asked the guy to sacrifice and he did. So what else is he supposed to do? But this year, especially lately, like he's been showing you what it looks like to add that scoring piece and still be doing all that other stuff. And I frankly, like I, I wasn't sure if we would ever see that and we'll we'll see if it continues in the playoffs. But like I wasn't sure that that would be possible with Chris still here. I felt like while Chris is still playing at a high level, while he's still the starting point guard in Phoenix, like that role we saw last year will kind of be the most eight that Aiton is really able to do, allowed to do. But he's showing that he can he can take on more. I know Chris isn't in the lineup right now, but it was going on even prior to that. There were, there were flashes. Again, we'll have to see if it continues when Chris gets back and when the playoffs continue. But I do think like what he's doing is replicable. It's not like he's getting more post touches because Chris isn't in the lineup. Like He's still doing it in the flow. It's just a little bit more aggressive as you can obviously see when you watch him. He's his previous high before tonight um, for just field goal attempts, which is not a fancy stat at all, but he had never even broken 20 this season. He had, he put 24 shots up tonight. He had 19 three times in March before today. He's had 30 points twice in March. So, I mean, any way you slice it, his game has been taken up to a, to a high level. What did you think of the way that um, there was some, you know, those people who break down film on Twitter were putting this out there. The way that Minnesota was guarding Aiton with Vanderbilt so that they could have Cat be the helper at the rim, but they could also have Vanderbilt switch out onto Book or Payne or whoever 
in that pick and roll. Do you think that's something we'll see more? Because I don't remember that happening a lot last season where teams that played a bigger four-man would put their guy yeah. on him and then try to switch that a lot. That seems like something other teams might try to borrow. Yeah, but I think like putting like camp putting campaign in that situation is a lot different. I mean, it's an easy pass to make because uh, Aiden was catching the ball at the free throw line pretty open every time. Yeah, but I just think like Chris Paul on the on the other hand is just going to find different ways to get Mikael Bridges in the corner because he had a couple open shots because of that defense that they were playing, yeah. and I just think it's just like not sustainable to played like that even though like they were trying to hide cat as best they could but i just think whoever chris paul wants in that pick and roll he's gonna get there yeah like you said they were blitzing too which is some of those like free throw line catches that you're talking about and just that's the thing another thing that ayton has been a part of but everybody has kind of figured out like those first couple games after the all-star break that blitzing was really posing problems for them and the sun's have figured it out. I mean, I just, it's not even really a storyline watching these games anymore. They have, you know, Bridges who's cutting a little bit. He's, he's getting in position to catch the ball and and then keep the offense moving. Aiton's getting better at that, whether he's scoring or he's passing. That just isn't even really a problem for them. They figured it out. That's, that's been the story all year. They, they see something, maybe it gives them a problem for a game or two and they seem to just figure out an answer really, really quickly without getting too complicated about it. But let's switch over to Booker because the other thing about that chaos we talked about that really surprised or impressed me really was a lot of games prior to this season that feel like this one did, Booker A might be one of the guys on the brink of getting ejected, (laughs) and B definitely doesn't take advantage of it and get free throws of his own. Like for him to get 16 free throws in this game when he already was very obviously in his head about not getting calls, that shows to me like a little bit of growth where he's like, hold on, like I can work this in my favor. Like, yes, it's, it's weird, (laughs) but like I can actually like do something with this. Whereas in the past, like he would just kind of pout. I mean, we can be honest. That was a thing about (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) And he doesn't do that anymore. Like, yeah, he gets a little bit into it with guys, but like he stays level headed and he didn't used to. Yeah. And you can, even when things were getting chippy and crazy, he was calm. Like you didn't, he was like laughing about some of this stuff. And when he was, wasn't getting calls, he was kind of just like straight faced and just kind of just hanging out out there. And that's just like a big thing from, you could tell he kind of knew where the game was going and then he had to kind of be the grown up in the bunch. Even when Crowder was like complaining, like Booker like was just calm and just really he was with him, but he wasn't like on you can tell he wasn't on either side of it. And you kind of need a player like that when things are getting chippy and crazy and like going off the rails a little bit. You probably want your best player to not lean either way. And honestly, like that's why you kind of need a coach like Monty too, because another coach could have exacerbated the situation and made it worse. And sometimes I do want money to get a technical so his players doesn't have to. But having two calm people like that in the bigger picture works out a lot better. Yeah, I think Monty, like, Monty seems to just be the type of guy who just, like, the players are going to figure it out. I think he's (laughs) fine when they get techs. Like, I definitely don't get the, I mean, he has the rule of no fourth quarter techs. And you'll see him get pissed if the guys get one in the fourth quarter. Like, other than that, I kind of feel like he's cool with it. Like, 
If you need to do that, as long as it doesn't result in us getting super off balance or losing the game, like you handle it. And maybe that's part of it is like him and book just kind of figuring their balance out and book knowing like my coach has my back, but I also need to be that guy in this moment. So it's, it's just good to see because things get crazy in the playoffs. Like you can't have a guy who's, who's going to be fiery, like, but the two responses that I love the most, you could pick up under the basket at one point, him yelling to the ref, let us like, he said like, let's play the game or something like that. Yeah. And you could hear it under the basket. Cause the, the, the rim rim mics were picking it up. And then of course the best one was um, late in the game, just smacking Patrick Beverly in the head. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to argue with that. That that was totally necessary. Totally good in my book. And, and uh, I'm all for it, but Let's close things out talking about this matchup as we said we would. Breaking it down a little bit, what what would a first round sort of X's and O's look like? What would the, the Patrick Beverly effect look like? What would the Friends narrative look like between Towns and Russell and, and Booker? We'll get into all of that in just a sec. First though, guys, today's show brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again. College basketball's tournaments are finally upon us. We are recording this. Heading into what will be the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 weekend, so I know I will be glued to the TV, and I'm sure all of you guys will as well. And BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info all March long. BetOnline remains the best spot for odds, scores, podcasts, and news throughout the season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering info, including live betting on all sports and your favorite Vegas casino games. I am looking now at the odds for tomorrow and I'm trying to find something a little tasty. They honestly, the odds, the, the books start to get a little bit, uh, they, they get a little bit weak on these sometimes. It's like, don't lay down a Houston, Arizona line that's plus one and a half. What am I supposed <laughs> to do with that? Bet on St. Peter's. That's my advice. Just have fun with it. Ride the wave. Bet on Providence. I hate Bill Self teams. They're the most boring basketball to watch. So ride Providence. Kansas sucks. Uh, Head to the website, guys. That's betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more about the latest trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Aaron, we talked about the Patrick Beverly part of this whole thing. Where do you lie on this? Because I was... was walking through walking down memory lane with my wife a bit while we were while she was downstairs with me watching the game reliving the Patrick Beverly tricks y'all comments from Russell Westbrook (laughs) and then reliving Russell uh Patrick Beverly's response to Westbrook this season when he called Russ the real magician for uh faking it even harder than he was faking it do you think Beverly is actually like a defender that you worry about in basketball? Or do you just worry that your favorite players are going to like leave with less body parts than they did when they entered? Um, Kind of like he is really good at defending, but I think it's more, I think he's really good without the antics. I think if he didn't do the antics, people would respect him more, but it's like just, uh, here comes Pat Bev doing this stuff. But I think if he played the defense that he played without the extra stuff, I think he's a really good defender and he annoys people. In the Clippers series, he was really annoying the hell out of Devin Booker for a couple of those games. And I just like think that like if he really took basketball seriously without the other stuff, he'd actually be good. But I am like worried about just a bunch of games against him and 
just the one thing he might do that ends up dislocating somebody's finger or banging their knee or like just does something like that because he's just a little wild sometimes in just like a really chaotic way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think as we were talking about, it's a lot more of the, that would just suck to deal with for, for seven games or six games or five games than I think you want to have to worry about in the first round. But part of that is like, it's unavoidable. It feels like in the first round this year, because the Clippers are similar and the Wolves are obviously like that. Those are the seven and eight right now. So most likely you would face one of those two teams. I'm honestly, I mean, this might sound obvious if people just have no respect left for the Lakers, <laughs> but I feel like if I'm the Suns, I want the Lakers more than, I mean, obviously like the Pelicans or the Spurs or whatever would be best, but that's actually, is that even possible? No, they can't get, no, they could get yeah. to eight. They can't get to seven. They yeah. could get to eight. So obviously that's best, but like the Lakers might be the team I'd prefer because I just don't think they have enough talent and I don't think that they are going to play defense. And so, you know, I, I think that might actually be the most painless series of those three teams. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Lakers are the worst. I really don't mind the Timberwolves other than the Pat Bev stuff. I just think we're so much better. I think our bench, when we have our entire bench together, I, like with Campaign and the Cam Johnson and Shamit, and we have Aaron Holiday now and Torrey Craig, I just think our bench is way better. And the minute situation wouldn't be like an issue like it is now. I just think today was an anomaly because Campaign's playing big minutes as starting point guard and we have Aaron Holiday and Campaign having to stay out there a little longer. And just the lineups are all weird right now. So I just don't think anybody can handle what we like really throw out of the floor when we are really at full strength and we're playing well. I feel like Mikael Bridges needs to sit the entire uh, rest of the season. The man is playing. <laughs> the man is playing. I just said minutes and I'm looking and he played 39. He played 50 in the last game. Like, please let this get like. While everybody else rests that week between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs, and I'm sure there'll be practices, whatever, James Jones should personally pay for Mikhail and his girlfriend to go <laughs> to a nice resort, Mexico or the, the Bahamas or something, and just sit there and, and not even think about basketball. Like, yeah. do not... I mean, like, we, we clinched the number one seed with another win, right? Is that what it is? I believe the the Grizzlies still have to lose. Uh-uh. So the Suns like ha- are now like if they win again tomorrow they would clinch it or if Memphis were to have lost but I think Memphis won. So tomorrow yeah, I just think like a win tomorrow does it. And then yeah, sit him. Done. Yeah, I think that Monty's I think after we clinch that, I think the minute situation is going to get weird for everybody. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of elf. We're going to start seeing a lot of Bismack. I think like it's going to be a lot of weird Wainwright lineups. I think Monty is really going to start resting people. And that's why, like, I'm shocked about thinking about Russian CP back. But I just think that after we clinch, Monty's going to get a little weird with the lineups. And it's going to be a lot of disappointed people watching Wainwright guard Embiid and stuff. Like, it's going to be just, like, a lot of resting. I, I think you're probably right there. I want to hit the CP thing to end because that'll be leading into tomorrow when I think he will debut uh, or at least return. Uh, the one last thing, though, on the on the note of the Wolves matchup that worries me a bit is I think, well, first of all, like I think Cat is 
a lock to have at least one game that he just goes off and you the Wolves probably win one. Like he could have 45 and it wouldn't yeah. be crazy. <laughs> and, and the Wolves like, you know, game three at home or something like that. So that any player who's that good, you're you're gonna worry about. The Clippers don't have a guy like that. The um, you know the Pelicans obviously don't have a guy like that. So that sucks. But the shooting, they they put up the most threes per game in the NBA, and they make like they are almost in the top ten in terms of efficiency. You saw it tonight they they were thirteen of forty three. That's a bad night for them, obviously in terms of efficiency. But forty three, that just it's gonna make the game sort of random. If they have a hot night, they could win one, and that's already. Like, let's say they have a hot shooting night and then they have a, a cat night. That's two wins, and now you're already to six games. So I think that's part of what, what intrigues me about them. I don't think the defense is real at all. They've been at the top of the league in defense since the All-Star break. I just, I, I you can look at the players, and it's like they just don't have the talent. So I think you can expose them over a full series. But, uh, yeah, let's hit Chris Paul before we get out of here. Thought he might return today. Did a big episode on that yesterday, just breaking down the pros and the cons. But I kind of feel like they didn't want him to have to deal with Beverly. I actually think that (laughs) might have factored in. Like, I don't think it's crazy that they might have actually used that as part of how they made their decision here. Because you probably were going to sit him on Thursday if he did play Wednesday and vice versa. So it's like, bring him back on the Nuggets game and he can tear up Jokic and, and whatever. But... How do you feel about it? Because I made the case on the show already that I kind of don't see the need. I don't really get why he needs 10 regular season games or nine now. But what do you think? Yeah, I just, yeah, you don't want to bring your all-star point guard coming fresh off an injury against Pat Bev. And you just know Pat Bev was thinking about it too. I'm just glad that that's just not something you want to deal with. But I just really am shocked that he's deciding to come back this early. You see him during shooting practice and stuff like that. It does seem like he's been ready to go for a while. So I think they still have been slow burning it. But I, he just got healthy a lot faster than everybody thought. But I do want him to like start testing lineups. I, I don't think he's like really played with Aaron Holiday yet or played with Torrey Craig again yet. So I do want to start seeing him out on the floor with those guys because the Shamit that he played with is playing a lot different now. <laughs> so I yeah. just think like just seeing him play with a lot of these dudes, he's going to have to at least like just get a feel for how they're playing right now. And money probably just wants to see it. Like he has to see it soon and he doesn't want to be finding out like a week into a playoff game. That's that's totally true. And as we just got done talking about, I, I feel like they aren't going to be able to really get off easy in that first round. So you might be thinking like, okay, well, they could easily just be kind of tinkering and getting him back up to speed during the first round. But I, you run into the Lakers, if AD's healthy, if you run into the, the Clippers and their depth or this Wolves team, like you're probably not sweeping any of those teams. So it's not going to yeah. be just a walk in the park. Like, and I get that. I get that argument for sure. I also just think Monty and James, like their perspective has always been, we were just talking about it with Mikhail's minutes. Like if you can play, and it's health, and you're not gonna hurt hurt yourself or jeopardize your health, and and you have the stamina to, to be out there. Then like, we're not gonna sit you. It's just not it's not how we're gonna run things. So, I guess I get it in that regard. Like, what kind of precedent does it set if they slow roll it for no real reason? And we know Chris is competitive. Like, are they gonna demand that he not play basketball and show all the rest of the team that they don't want to that they don't care about the rest of these games? Like, I do get it, but I mean. Obviously, hindsight would be twenty twenty if it were to break out this way. But it's like if he 
dings his hand again and has to miss it a week or two again. It's like, well, then what the hell was the point of that? But yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. Um, any final thoughts on, on the Wolves or, or Chris? I think we will see him Thursday, it sounds like. so. Yeah, I think he's mostly coming back. I think he wants to be part of 65. I think that's like a big thing. I, like It's hard when you're a team that's good and you have to look for reasons to go out there and ball because you want to get to the playoffs already. And I just think going for 65 is kind of the big thing for these guys now is – that's the main goal and they probably just are focused on doing that and that's keeping them going to the playoffs completely agree we will uh we'll be here every step of the way as we march toward that franchise record and wins and the the one seed probably being clinched tomorrow so that'll be that'll be the next couple of weeks here on the show thanks for making locked on suns your first listen go support aaron over at all cops all caps nba on the take line youtube channel they do great work breaking down the NBA, making jokes, having some fun, laughing at the Knicks, all that good stuff. <laughs> and I will see you guys tomorrow breaking down this probably Chris Paul return, a, a rematch against the Nuggets. Should be a fun one. Uh, guys, now go make Locked On NBA your second listen to catch up on everything you missed around the league on Wednesday night.